All right, welcome to another episode of the Dunce Caps American History. Hello. That is Chris. Hello. And I am Rob. Hi. And uh, <laughs> this is chapter 19, the Industrial Age. And now, is this different <laughs> than <laughs> the... Is this the same as the Industrial Revolution? No. That kind of kicked things off. This is like... Full gear, full metal, full, full metal jacket, full metal jacket, gear throttle. Okay, okay. This is Charlie's Angels three full throttle. <laughs> <laughs> what crazy mask will they have next? Yeah. So section one, railroads lead the way. How did railroad expansion affect the United States economy? We Can just we learned it? about this. Yeah. This is gonna be one of those chaps. It did good things. It was good. <laughs> I don't know. It just it expanded. It, it gave Trade. it gave kids. It gave another toy for kids to have. That's all it did. Right. It opened up the toy market. Kids, there was real trains, so now kids could have toy trains. <laughs> Open up that train market. Boom. Boom. Done. The Toys R Us. Was the economy's made. great. The economy's great. Kids have model trains now. And that's it. There was a whole there was a whole train system used to to move the all the goods to the manufacturers <laughs> to make the trains and then from the manufacturers to the merchants to sell the trains. Right. And then little Billy could take a train into town to buy the train and then get back on a train to get home. Mm-hmm. And then his dinner, you know where all that shit came from? A train. Yep. All his corn from a poor farmer grown from the farmer's place to the husking plant. Then from the husking plant to the merchant. People then, realized farmer's markets were dumb. And then Billy's divorced mom, Tina, goes down there and gets some corn and brings it back and boils it for Timmy. Yep. Now he's playing with trains that came from a train and eating corn that came from a train. Yep. And later, Timmy would grow up and make Thomas the Tank. He'll invent Thomas the Tank Engine, be successful, but will have never actually driven a train. Yes. Just talks to them. Mm-hmm. Billy was later... Bear, Billy was later brought into a mental institution after creating Thomas the Tank Engine. You know how they brought him there? On a train. A car. <laughs> <laughs> bus. <laughs> a bus, because they were invented and trains are dumb now. Yeah. <laughs> a um, blimp. Section two, inventions. How did the inventions of the late 1800s revolutionize society? They made trains. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Section three, an age of big business. Uh, how did Americans build fortunes in the oil and steel industries? Uh, everyone wanted oil and steel. Yeah, pretty much. I'm guessing, right? I mean, what, the f- what else? What else? How did Americans build fortunes in the oil and steel? I mean, I'm assuming that oil either. Sure, there's like monopolies too. Like, well, yeah. Is this we're going to learn about like Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah. So those, those idiots. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, what was the were people using oil for? What everything at this point now, or yeah, starting to, right? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, yeah, and then steel industries. I mean, I feel like oil and steel go hand in hand. Well, this is we're still in the time period of the fucking railroad, and we just talked about how uh, when they were doing the transcontinental railroad, that all those industries flourished. So. Right. Then he had steel to make the tracks. And right. Skyscrapers, maybe. Maybe we got to that section yep. now. Um, 
Section four, industrial workers. Why did workers from labor unions in the mid, why did workers form labor unions in the middle to late 1800s? Uh, because they were treated like shit. Yeah. Pretty much. Because they wanted their fingers back. <laughs> <laughs> or for at least someone to, to say, hey, sorry, you don't have any more fingers. That's all they wanted, an apology. I want a place where I'll be apologized to when I lose my fingers. Yeah. The irony is that they probably were working in a factory that made prosthetic fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I get no benefits. I don't get free fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get paid in fingers? <laughs> My family may starve, but I won't be so self-conscious. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, underneath all these sections, there's a Model T car. Yeah. Touring car. So, yeah, there's that. There's a car. A car. Looks real shitty. <laughs> <laughs> does it's like could you imagine like model like ford brings the car out and everyone's like, like magnificent you're just like looks dumb they, <laughs> they they spend so much time making sure that like the axles and shit are painted red but it looks like they're made of like plastic right <laughs> right there's no suspension like come on how long is that thing gonna last <laughs> oh my god this is the shortest sec- section in the world yeah it's like two pages jesus christ okay um, yeah, so let's do some critical thinking. Oh, this is, I like this one. Write a paragraph explaining how the adoption of standard gauge track affected the railroads. Well. What's standard gauge track? So all the railroads are like the same width and, and everything. Oh. It's like, well, then we could, you know, it's like, uh, it's the same thing as like, um, what was that called? Interchangeable parts. Right. It's like now we can all build railroads and not be like. Oh, I need this car. I need this engine. I need this. It's That's like, fucking it's crazy. The they weren't building them all standard like that. No, not until this. Not until it was adopted. Does that? Does that? I wonder if that means that they had to go back and like fix all the ones that they had already laid down. Call up the Chinese. Get the Chinamen back. <laughs> get the real Americans back over here. Yeah. Jesus. Quick, get the Chinese. Jesus Christ. How the adoption of the gauge affected the railroads? I mean, I would imagine that there was a time, if they did have to go and fix them all to adapt to the same mm-hmm. exact track, they would probably stopped the movement of trains for chunks of time, like certain lines and stuff. Yeah, or like, what if they're like, they order a bunch of tracks and then they, you know, they finally get there and they open them up and they're like, oh, this ain't gonna fit our trains. <laughs> Send it back. God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking A. Wouldn't it be great if these were all the same? <laughs> wouldn't these wouldn't it be great if these were like interchangeable parts? Wouldn't it be great if this if our real trains were more like our model trains? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Okay, this is good because what do you Chris, what do you think of the five most important inventions of this time? Let's see. Probably and provide your reasons. Um, a back scratcher. Okay. Because it was really difficult. People d- didn't have the flexibility to like reach the middle of their back. Right. And like, if a wife's inside and her husband's out on the farm, she's not going to make them come all the way back in to scratch her back. Right. Just yeah. get that little stick back there and 
scratch scratch your back. And if you flip that around, um, men didn't need wives. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> they have a back scratcher. Yeah. Um, probably, probably like a visor. Okay. You know, like mm-hmm. that way your top of your head's not hot when you're out in the fields or laying down tracks. Right. Yeah. But you still have some shade on your eyes. Okay. You know, that right. was, that was a really it's versatile, one. very versatile. Um, great for tennis. <laughs> the um, ideal. <laughs> Can you even call it a hat? I don't even know. It's more of a tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ideal tennis accessory. Right. Yeah. The, the second most important thing besides a racket. Right. Was the visor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say like, uh, like Velcro. You know, because mm-hmm. like people were just tired of tying their shoes. Yeah. Um, so they would Velcro them. That way, you know, the average the average person at this time probably lost an hour to two hours a day tying their shoes. Yeah, constantly. Constantly tying their shoes. Mm-hmm. So now, just like... Right. Done. That's a good one. How many do I have? Three now? That's three. Um, hmm. I wonder else, what else they invented at this time that was important to them. Do you think they had coasters back then? So you wouldn't get Maybe. those rings on your table? Right. Housewives hated that. Yeah. I bet you a lot. I bet you men hated it too. The housewives probably caught some beatings when he came home. What's this ring on my table? Yeah. <laughs> I cut down that tree with my hands. <laughs> this is how you treat it? <laughs> he was my friend. <laughs> yeah, coasters. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, probably, I mean, dude, the biggest one is probably craft singles. Yeah. People could just have cheese. Whenever. Whenever. Bring it with them. Yep. Tear just it open. Throw it in your purse, ladies. Got it. It's Got a, a snack. little snack. Snack for later. Wholesome. Snack for now. Delicious. Grilled cheeses. Mm-hmm. Made with milk, not that water and oil. Right. If you got bread, you got grilled cheese. Right. Boom. Just lay it out in the sun. Yep. I think the most important one was probably like the potato peeler. Because <laughs> <laughs> I imagine up until that point, people their were nail, just... Their fingernails hurt. Yeah. They they were either, you know, slicing the skin off with a very sharp knife and, and losing their fingers. Um, and, you know, you can't form a union when it's just you in your kitchen. You can't form a union without fingers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or they were just biting into these potatoes, just raw. Ugh. So a potato peeler is definitely up there. That's big. Um, Cracker Jacks. Cause, Ooh. Because you need a snack, you know, while you're watching the ball game. And you want a little toy to make your kids shut up. Yeah. Shut so. this bastard up. Yeah. Um, That's a great one. Everybody loves Cracker Jacks. Yeah. I haven't seen Cracker Jacks in such a long time. I had some today. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them in my car. A guy have them in my car. Mix them my craft singles. Come down with me. I'll give you some. <laughs> <laughs> so I have Cracker Jacks or craft singles. <laughs> I can make you a Cracker Jack craft single sandwich if you want. It's where I take... Two slices of Kraft Singles, put some Cracker Jacks in between them, and then I eat it. Uh, the reverse grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it's sweet and savory. <laughs> um, toy train set, for sure. Because Ooh, that's a big one. Because then we learn to, to fix our real trains from that. Right. Um, and it's just fun. Yeah. What's that, three? 
Yeah, there's got to be like some type of medical invention that was important. Um, like a mm. band aid. Yeah, because <laughs> before that we were just tying like dirty just socks on it. It's <laughs> rubbing glue. Hey, mama, scrape my knee. <laughs> it's all better. Get outside. <laughs> Go play with your trains. Rub some dirt in it. Yeah. Yeah, band aid is definitely a good one. <laughs> um. Did toilets come around at this time? Definitely not. Too early? They needed, like, plumbing and stuff. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there was toilets. I hope so. I <laughs> <laughs> hope we're going to find out about that. I'm thinking that. not. Okay. <laughs> um, I already took the back scratcher, so I'm really struggling here. What about, like, uh, what about like, like a Chia pet? Do you think they had those yet? They had, like, a version of that, but they were just plants that people would talk to and they pretend didn't... that they were their pets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, people who couldn't afford to, to get a dog or, or couldn't catch a wild one. <laughs> <laughs> they would just grow one. <laughs> they, would just, they would just grow a plant, in, but it was inside, so therefore it was a pet. <laughs> right. <laughs> and those people were considered crazy, like, you got plants inside your house? <laughs> You have That's a, crazy. You have a pet rock and a pet plant? Yeah. You're retarded. You're a weirdo. <laughs> Why don't you just go catch a dog? They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, those are probably my five. Cool. That's good. Oh, my God. Some people believe that the internet has been the most revolutionary invention in communication since the telegraph. Write a paragraph in which you compare the two inventions and explain whether you support this view. <laughs> Well, I can't look at naked ladies on the telegraph. On the telegraph, so, so stupid. So end of discussion. Man, imagine having like even just, just like dirty would, talk. Like my thing for this, I would just be like, "Have you been on the internet?" <laughs> <laughs> I just handed it. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you making me do this? Right. <laughs> Have you been the internet teacher? Are you too poor? <laughs> Can't afford a computer. Spend a little less time with your cats, a little more time online. Yeah. <laughs> Find that man that'll eventually <laughs> leave you. Oh my god. Have you seen the internet? <laughs> oh my god. Section three. Did you have one for this? Uh, why do you think the industrial millionaires became philanthropists? You got to remind me what a philanthropist is. That's exactly. someone uh, you give to charities and you, you know, open up like after school programs. You do good things with your money. You support the arts. Because you want people to not think try to take you down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't want people to think that you're a fucking asshole and like you want, you know, your common person to love you even though like you're doing so much more better than them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and he probably, like, you know, I'm assuming they're talking about, like, Rockefeller or Carnegie or something. Right. They probably, like, owned the charities that they were donating to also. Right, and I mean, but you're, and you're also, like, I feel like even now, it's just used as a way to, like, deflect any time some heat gets brought upon you. Right. You know, like, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, like, rapes that girl or whatever, and they're like, but last year he did donate right. over fifty <laughs> thousand dollars. He donated like fifty bucks last year, yeah, like fifty grand. How much did you donate? Right. Well, I don't make millions of dollars, so <laughs> <laughs> donate shit. Right. 
So he can rape that woman. It's okay. <laughs> you know? So fucked up. We'll let him have it. They always do that. Yeah. Oh, rich people. Yeah. So smart. God, I love them. <laughs> so smart. You're so much better than me. So wise. <laughs> wise beyond their money. Wise and happy. Yeah. <laughs> Flourishing. <laughs> Flourishing, both socially, economically, and mentally. <laughs> In every way possible, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> oh, God. Uh... Another one that's kind of like, duh. As a member of Congress, write a speech supporting federal child labor laws. <laughs> As I, con- like, I, you're like a congressman, but like you want child labor laws for the wrong reasons. You're like, they're taking off too many days. <laughs> Yeah, we got to make these kids work. We need more kids in these factories. Yeah. (laughs) If you're not in school by the age of four, you're going to work. Who else has the hands small enough to stick them inside the machines to get them going again? Yeah. (laughs) Guys, we invented... I mean, sure, midgets, but we don't have that many of them. Right. We invented interchangeable parts, and we made all the parts to only fit little kid hands. Yeah. So we can't go back on that. It's set in stone. Yeah. What's done is done. There's no going back. Right. <laughs> There's only moving forward. There's only moving forward. When I say that children are our future, this is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> if your kid hasn't learned how to play a drum or is not in school yet, right. he is going to a factory. <laughs> if your children's hands are, are too big to fit into the machines, they will be murdered. <laughs> <laughs> they will be used as fuel for trains. Yeah. <laughs> They will tend the fields. <laughs> <laughs> they will be used as fertilizer. Uh, were the early labor unions successful? I'm going to say no. no. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Nothing successful when it first starts off. No. Nothing. History repeats itself. Every new thing fails at first. Right. And then it gets yeah. better. And then there's like a period where it's really good. And then it gets corrupt. Right. Or people just lose interest. Right. Yeah. Smell that? <sighs> That's America. <laughs> Love that. So rich. So rich. Smart. Smart well, beyond its years. Small percentage. <laughs> <laughs> but God, are they wise. They are wise. And happy. <laughs> <laughs> America. The most happy, content relaxed place on earth yeah (laughs) for some no turmoil no issues no racial bigotry just happy flourishing (laughs) people no jihads here (laughs) just riches for some (laughs) riches for some mostly not for the rest of us yeah but most no (laughs) For most, there will be hardships, <laughs> but just fantasize about <laughs> right about being so wise <laughs> and rich. I don't, you know what? The I'm, land of opportunities <laughs> the to land. dream big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to ultimately fail. Move to America where you are totally allowed to pursue 
and dream anything that you want to dream. Where you can live vicariously through other people on Instagram and, and, and Twitter. <laughs> and feel like you're a part of their success. Yes. When you've, in fact, have done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> or, in fact, you have failed multiple times. <laughs> and have fallen a slave to America, which is the dream. The happy dream. Don't forget to pay your taxes. <laughs> so that's on me again. Oh, man. Oh, this is going to be one of those chapters. Just one of those chapters. It just it fucking pisses me off because I'm just flipping through, and the first section is railroads lead the way. So we just talked about the goddamn railroads <laughs> for so long. I don't care anymore. We were gaining such good momentum there for a while with these chapters. And now yeah. we're, we're back in, in weird zone, in the weird zone. Looking at all these idiots and names. factors. Just so many names. <sighs> this better not be one of those chapters like, this guy did this, this guy did that. People didn't like it. People revolted. Now people got what they wanted. Let's move on. Yeah. People. Next section, rich people. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's go get smarter. Yeah, let's go let's, read. Let's hope that this chapter proves us wrong. God, I hope so. I really hope so. Let's dream of opportunities that this chapter is will rich. Bring us. <laughs> All right. Let's hope that it will lead to fun jokes and impersonations of things, <laughs> not just list dates and activities. But most likely with, you know, all dreams, American <laughs> dreams, that will probably fall short. <laughs> but keep listening. <laughs> But stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> and welcome back. We've read chapter 19, The Industrial Age. Did you like this chapter? It was okay. Yeah. It was It was decent. It, I fe- the, the one thing that pisses me off, though, is that we start with the railroad again, and I was like... Uh, yeah 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 (laughs) i just learned about this shit how much more can we talk about fucking tracks and trains i know i know yeah 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 we'll see the one thing i did think about as i was reading this is that we're probably getting closer to a period where people started like the um what's the word i'm looking for like um like the way someone talks like the style the dialect the yeah the dialect yeah yeah like it's probably getting into like hey get over here kid like that type <laughs> of shit you know it's getting away from talking all weird and putting all your yeah. sentences out of order like paper the, here paper yeah yeah instead of being like two pence to the nickel <laughs> <laughs> hey get over here kid yeah one was the jump when people were like you know the translation of uh the spirit of the people must rise as patriotism flows through art of the nation. Right. And then like, and then people are just like, everyone's got to get happier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like smile, you fuck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're free. You're American. It's great. The actions you take on a day on the daily drive my henceforth, my, <laughs> henceforth, my fury out, make, Rises the fury inside of me. You're pissing me off, lady. <laughs> you know. Why are you speaking that gibberish? Yeah. <laughs> this is how we talk now. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
good voice. I'll use that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about the railroads and the railroad expansion. I think we mentioned this the last time we were talking about them. So in 1860, the U.S. had about 30,000 miles of railroad track. But yep. by 1900, uh, we had nearly 193,000 miles. Work songs such as John Henry and I've been working on the railroad. Uh, we're um, been working yeah, on, on the, the railroad. railroad. Actually, I thought, all the live long day. I, I've been working on the railroad until I broke my leg. <laughs> now I don't do any work at all because I'm so poor. I can't afford a doctor. I was thinking though that on the West Coast that it would have sounded more like. I've been working on the railroad <laughs> all the way from day. <laughs> no one ever sings it like that. Oh, it's so hot. Oh, so hot out here. <laughs> working on the railroad all long day. <laughs> oh, so wrong. Oh, so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the river wrong day. <laughs> hey, you damn guy. <laughs> Get over here with them tracks. Get over here with them spikes, guy. <laughs> oh, it's so hot. God, God. <laughs> I wonder what's going on in China. I hate this song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hate this job. <laughs> oh, I hate it so much. I hate it so much, I can't go away to go home and see my family. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> and hot. <laughs> Um, so the railroad expansion was accompanied by consolidation, uh, the practice of combining separate companies into like one industry. Right. And so then we're going to basically talk about the railroad barons. Yeah. So basically it's, we, we start, this is all like start getting into like learning about monopolies and like how smart business people were just dominating learn how to undercut the competition right. force them out of business Found loopholes and, with yeah. the government like there was no government regulations on any of this yeah, shit that was exactly, happening yeah. yet so um new yorker cornelius vanderbilt one of the first railroad barons made fortune by consolidating several companies which the definition of consolidating is yeah i just mentioned it, the practice of combining separate right. companies yeah. yeah um he his railroad stretched from new york city to the great lakes um, another one of these guys was James J. Hill. Um, that's like such an American name. Uh, built JJ. The, yeah, JJ Hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, built the Great Northern Line between Minnesota and Washington State. Uh, another one was Collis P. Huntington and Leland Stafford found the Central Pacific, which connected California to Utah. And I just wrote here, these were the only living smart people. Yeah, and then the last, the last little part right here, the railroad barons were aggressive and competitive. They lived in an age when there were few laws that regulated business. I just imagine them, like, they're always smoking cigars. Yep. They're always, like, dressed up to the nines with, like, they got five different pocket watches with all different times and shit, every yep. time zone. They like, instead of down, having, like, the yeah. clocks on their wall, they got all they got four different yeah, fucking zones. pocket watches. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. And they're, they talk down to everybody. Yeah. Get over here, boy! Yeah. Yeah, just like, yeah. They don't, probably don't even have a southern drawl. It's just like a... Boy, you're so lazy. <laughs> Get over here and clean my watch. Shine my shoes. <laughs> Get them shiny. Dude, I'm a goddamn baron. I'm either going to have shiny shoes or you're going to have a bloody face. Yeah. <laughs> 
Don't make me mess up my hands, boy. <laughs> uh, railroads stimulate the economy. This is, I mean, whatever. It's a lot of repeated shit, kind of. But around 1880, railroad companies begin using tracks of steel. Yeah, uh, before this, they were using iron tracks. Right. And, like, the demand was huge, so the iron, the iron business, like, soared. And then they're yeah. like, hey... What about steel? Steel's strong. And then the people that were like in the iron business are probably just like, oh, fuck. Damn it. They're probably just like making shit up. They're just like, you know, iron is in our foods. <laughs> you know what's not in food? Steel. steel. <laughs> yeah, you can't eat steel. So really, do we want to make tracks out of steel, guys? Come on. My kids are very hungry. <laughs> please. Please, you guys. <laughs> Shouldn't have bought all those racehorses. <laughs> it's like got stables. This one's named Iron. <laughs> this one's Ore. <laughs> and this one's my favorite. His name is Petey. This is my favorite horse. His name is Not Steel. Yeah. <laughs> Steel sucks. Um, so, we got a deal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, basically, you know, so the railroads use steel, so all the guys that make steel and produce steel are now making all this money you know and then also the the ra- the railway ties were made out of wood so all the lumber people that supplied wood they were making all this yeah. money because they were making all these railroads trains ran on coal. Right, coal same thing with the coal so thousands and thousands of people right. were employed by the railroad company yeah um improving the railroads um basically this is sort of like uh what was that thing we got confused about chapters ago it was like um Interchangeable parts. Yeah, basically, certain tracks, like from some companies, yeah, again, were we mentioned thinner, this yeah, first time. some were wider, so yeah. it cut all the travel time down. So now, yeah, because like what would happen is like you know, let's say there was one railroad that went from California to say Colorado, and they were trying to get something to the East Coast, and then the other one was from Colorado to say Philly. They'd have to move all. They the had shit yeah, off they the had trains. different yeah. tracks, so they had to like move everything off the trains. So they adopted a standard gauge of four feet and eight point five inches. It's like that's yeah. something that I hope I hold on to, and right. I'm gonna like, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, well, it looks about mm, maybe half of a a train track width. It's about standard gauge. Yeah. <laughs> like like Lauren's like, how tall do you think these ceilings are? Well, about two, two standard gauges. Yeah, two standard gauges, roughly, <laughs> give or take a gauge. <laughs> give or take a gauge. <laughs> it's like a gauge and a half. Yeah. I get like a construction job and I'm just like, no, so how many gauges are we talking here? All the guys around you are getting nervous because they don't know what a gauge is. Yeah. They're thinking like, oh, should I know this? Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> this new guy, Rob, is so small. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do it here in New Jersey, but in New York, <laughs> we use gauges. <laughs> this guy uses the gauge system. Yeah. Uh, oh, now I'm going to have to use conversion. It's going to be real. <laughs> You guys are going to have to up my wage because this is going to take way longer than I expected. You're going to have to up my wage to about two more gauges. How many trains would you say this building is? (laughs) What are we going for? Like eight trains? Eight trains and four gauges? Freight trains or subway cars? I need you to tell me what my paycheck is worth in train cars. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Railroad technology. Uh, I don't know. This is just like a bunch of listing of shit. Yeah, George uh, Westinghouse devised air brakes and improved the system for stopping trains. Yep. Uh, Eli H. Janney um, made it easier for rail workers to link cars because he had the Janney car couplers. It's probably just those hooks. 
Yeah, the little couples. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Gustavus Swift made refrigerated cars. Yep. They could ship meat and perishable goods. George Pullman made the sleeping car, a luxury rail car with seats that converted into beds for overnight journeys. Yeah, I don't think, like, that last one is kind of just, they just snuck that in there. All these other guys are doing, like, real important well, shit. And yeah. it's just like, people got to sleep. Pullman is just yeah. like, people got to sleep. People got to go to bed. Can't expect them to sleep sitting up. <laughs> what are we, savages? What about business people? Yeah. What about <laughs> What about when Cornelius Vanderbilt or James J. Hill wants to ride on the train? <laughs> they don't ride trains. They ride rockets. They go... <laughs> I've heard stories. Dude, I would imagine that those guys probably had their own, bet, like, luxury train that was just, like, three or four cars. Just yeah, like, probably, yeah. One with all his, like, luxurious cats. Like, one, yeah, yeah, all his staff. Come on, guys, we're going on the train. Everybody pack up your shit. Right. <laughs> I got a business trip. Right. <laughs> Are my shoes clean yet, boy? I would kind of treat my train car just like I just have the engine with no cars. And just right. me, just shoveling coal and riding my train around so like you, a convertible you a, yeah you need a coal coal car though yeah yeah but just me yeah maybe like a sidecar right. a sidecar to my engine it's the sidecar is not even on the tracks it's just rolling <laughs> it's just, and it's next to it <laughs> or are you like you're just pulling one car that also like has like a model t on it <laughs> so like, just in case my train breaks down i got a backup yeah i'm like the i would be like the early version of fast and furious right yeah just like the train slows down and i just back up my model t ford off the ramp yeah while it's slowing down <laughs> yeah <laughs> Cr- crashing your train just yeah. letting it go yeah crashing letting my train just like go head on into another train while i slowly slowly back my model t ford off of it oh, right <laughs> Meanwhile, the music, the soundtrack for what I'm doing is like getting like pelted with gravel. I have goggles on because yeah. it's like smoke and dust everywhere. The fucking uh, the handkerchief. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like, like I move my mouth while I'm talking. It just cuts to like I am Vin Diesel. <laughs> fucking cigar in your mouth. <laughs> Soot all over my face. Yeah. And, like, when I get off the train, I take my stupid conductor's cap on and just put on, like, my driving cap. My driving cap, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Take off your conductor's gloves and put on your driving gloves. (laughs) All right, I'm ready to go. Uh so competing for customers, uh, railroad companies competed fiercely with one another to keep old customers and to win new ones. Yeah. Large railroads offered secret discounts called rebates um, to their biggest customers. Small railroads could not compete. Right. Um, so they basically drove them out of business. And then railroad barons also made secret agreements among themselves known as pools. Uh, they divided business among their companies and set rates. With no other competition in its region, the railroad could charge higher rates and earn greater profits. And there were some laws to regulate the railroads, but they did not, or they did little to stop the barons. You can't stop me. I just, I read this and I get where they're going with all this shit. But mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff just seems, I just wrote like, isn't this just what a business is? Like secret, yeah. like what, if, if, if we're, if we work at, if we're on the board at Merrill Lynch, right? Mm-hmm. If we sit down and have a meeting to discuss, make a decision about something, that's, that's not a secret meeting. That's just a meeting. What do they mean public meetings? Are they supposed to hold a meeting out in the time in the square so everyone can hear and I don't know, know what if it was doing? necessarily between them. I think it's more like 
if you're at Merrill Lynch and you're doing a deal with like Bank of America or something and you meet in secret, maybe kind of like that. Oh, okay. And, like under the table deals and shit like that. Made secret agreements among barons made secret meetings among themselves. Okay. So cause it's multiple right. companies. Not like, okay. Yeah. I'm still not mad at them though. Like, no, like why would you be like, I hate like the idea of big business now, but like, mm-hmm. This then, I, there's still like an innocence to this. It doesn't bother me just yet. I, I'm almost like cheering on them on for like beating the system early right. on and like figuring it out. Right. Like, oh, good for you, man. That's good. Who wants a small railroad company? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just sounds stupid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a mom and pop railroad <laughs> shop. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, would you go on a mom and pop fucking uh, airplane? Probably not. No. <laughs> Fuck that. Even like going on the real air, right? Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, railroads changed America. The growing networks helped industry expand. People could go anywhere they wanted. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's fucking section two trains, inventions. Trains and trains. Uh, dude, this section was crazy because I feel like being like the, all these people that we're gonna talk about, they're like, this man was an inventor. Right. There's, yeah. Are there? No one's an inventor anymore. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a, like a. Now everything because like now a magician. It's just like all right, bro. Now it's like all about just taking technology and and you know reimagining it, kind of. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if you look at the iPhone, it's still just a telephone. You know, like it started with Graham Bell, and now we have cell phones. It just took that natural progression. You know what I mean? Like they didn't like it's technically an invention, but it's not like a. It's not like something new. Right. Like an invention would be like the Chia Pet. That's or like an invention. Guy, that you guy, know? Did you ever hear about that guy that invented the super soaker? No. Dude, he's just this like nerdy black dude that was like, well, I thought I'd make this. He was like a scientist or something. He's like, well, I applied this math and was like, this would be a fun water gun. He just like made it. And he's just like fucking mil- millionaire. Right. Multi-millionaire. But even that. It's like there were water guns before that. You know what I mean? But, dude, come on. Super soakers? <laughs> right. Give me a break. Yeah. Bro. What was a regular water gun? It was like, squirt, squirt, squirt. Yeah, squirt, squirt, that's squirt, exactly squirt, what it was. Squirt. Yeah, the ones that you'd buy for like a dollar. That this has like plastic. water pressure and pumping and, and you, backpacks. You pop the little like plastic thing out and just put it under the water to fill yeah. it. And, then, yeah. and it would just like break for no reason. Yeah, those are fun. If you fell on the concrete. Yeah. It was stupid. Those are dumb. Super soaker. You have the one with like the fucking backpack with extra jugs. I did, <laughs> dude. I did. I yeah. always like had to buy the one that required like a strap to hold it up because it was like right. so big. Right. Dude, I kind of want to get a super soaker. Yeah. They were so much fun. They were fun, but you need like a good place to. You need like a backyard. Did you ever see the ones like now? They make some now that have like they're super soakers, but they have like battery packs in them now. (laughs) To do what? (laughs) To just like shoot harder and faster. It could be fun. We could just have adult super soakers and just all have power washers and shoot each other with those. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bleeding, super soaker. I'm bleeding, but so clean. Power soaker. (laughs) <laughs> get a patent for that it's just like pretty sure you guys are just taking a I'm pretty sure you guys just decorated a power washer yeah <laughs> yeah but now it's for kids and now it runs on a battery <laughs> and i colored it neon orange for no reason <laughs> what if i strap this lightning bolt on there what about now 
Now is it an invention? Now is it for kids? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Communications. Uh, 1910 American... Americans in cities drove cars through streets lit with electric lights. I love how they say this shit. Like, I remember even being younger when adults or books were like, well, you know, there was a time when there was only cassette tapes and we didn't have CDs. It's like, dude, I know. Right, yeah. Give me a break. Mm -hmm. Like 1910, they were driving cars and that type of shit didn't happen. (laughs) Right, That was crazy to them. Like, yeah, duh. Right, yeah. It's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? No, you're not like... I'm always unimpressed when people say that shit to me. It's like, do I live under a fucking rock? Like, yeah, I know there was records. Right, yeah. Now there's MP3s. Yeah. Like, that bothers you or that... It just, like, it bothers me when someone (laughs) says it to me, like, like they're telling me something I don't already know. It's like the equivalent of them being like, you know the White House is white. See, that doesn't really bother me that much. What bothers me is, like, when someone who's older than us will be like... You can't like that band. You're only like 28. As if like <laughs> yeah, yeah. you need to be a certain. You had to be around right. when that music came out or something. Right. But anyway, moving on. Automobile, <laughs> um, yeah, electric light, telephone are invented after 1870. Improvements in communication helped unify the country and promoted economic growth. I don't know. Yeah, like within a generation, uh, all these things like in, influence like lives of millions of people people could communicate they could drive they right, had, yeah. houses probably weren't being lit on fire as much because everything wasn't fucking made with torches and can't lit with torches and candles um the telegraph we've already learned about this 1860 united states had thousands of miles of telegraph lines managed mostly by western union telegraph yeah i like this part at telegraph offices trained operators transmitted or sent messages in morse code I was just imagining, like, so they work in this office where they're just constantly sending out other people's messages. Like, do you think they would, like, get together in the break room at lunch and just be like, you guys have no idea what messages <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know Tom? Guys, look at this. I wrote L- it down. Lives down on Forest Ave? Yeah, you know Tom. You've, you've fucking seen Tom. At, yeah, you've seen him. He's always at the bar. Tom is dating a black chick. <laughs> <laughs> on the side. Yeah. And His she's wife has pregnant. No idea. Yeah. Don't fucking tell anyone. <laughs> pretty sure there's no laws that say I can't tell you this, but I'm pretty sure it's morally gray. Yo, yo, shut up. Here, here he comes. Here he comes. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. <laughs> Got any telegraphs you need me to send out, or? Hey, Tom. Uh, making some coffee here. How do you take it? All the guys are like yeah. laughing. Yeah. Tom, got any big plans, uh, I don't know, nine months from now? <laughs> think about going on a golf trip. Maybe you're thinking about drinking little cups of black coffee. <laughs> little tiny ones. <laughs> Maybe yeah. over time they'll get bigger and you'll feed it. Yeah, I just imagined that because, like, I remember watching, uh, like, if you watch a show, like, when they had to, they had um, the operators that would be like, please hold. Yeah. Well, well, well. And, like, they would always listen in and then, like, gossip and shit, like, on Mad Men. Mm-hmm. So I imagine the same thing would happen with telegraphs. Right. It's, like, the equivalent of, like, the guy that works at CVS that has to develop your photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except with messages. Yeah. Oh, my God. Except with your personal messages. <laughs> it would be, it'd be really funny to buy a disposable camera now and just take, like, whatever it was, like, 31 pictures, just, like, all of your dick. All the same angle. And just don't even come to pick them up. And just, you just <laughs> drop it off and be like, got some good shots. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you're gonna like this. <laughs> yeah, and then never go back. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! That'd you be take so it funny. a step further, or just like you'd have to take one extra step to do this, but I think it'd be worth it. Let's say that the guy behind the counter's name is Bill mm-hmm. at the CVS. Right. You know the Bill works every Wednesday. All the pictures have like someone holding a sign being like, you're hot, Bill. Love you, Bill, with like dicks around it. Right. You know, like get like a get, like a picture, like write Bill on a piece of paper and then just get like three dicks around, like actual dicks surrounding it. Right, just do yeah. like an overhead shot and just Bill's just freaking out. <laughs> Bill's like, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> three kids. We're eight hours a day. Bill, you just write shit like, Bill, you develop the best photos. <laughs> just like a picture of your dick there. Bill, I don't know why you're getting so upset. This is clearly art. <laughs> you don't like art? This is all for you, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, I did it for you. <laughs> These are all signs. I thought you'd like it. We're doing this for you, Bill. <laughs> I thought you'd like it. <laughs> don't get mad. One of them's a picture that we drew of Bill. <laughs> It's like, well, I mean, what would make it better, huh? <laughs> tits? Huh? You want to see some tits, Bill? Tits are not artistic. <laughs> Dicks are the future <laughs> of art. Of disposable camera photography. You're art. at the forefront of art, Bill. <laughs> you, me, and my dick. Bill's just crying. <laughs> Look at them! <laughs> Keep, well, keep developing them. Yeah. Well, if you didn't like those, you're probably not gonna like this. So I'm gonna need these by tomorrow. <laughs> it's like every every Wednesday you drop off a new disposable camera with your dick pics. <laughs> this one's fun. I wore a hat. <laughs> and so did my dick. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of risque. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Should we talk about history now? Yeah, what the fuck were we even talking about? Oh, yeah, telegraphs. Oh, dumb telegraphs. Uh, shopkeepers relied on telegrams in order uh, to order goods. Reporters used them to transmit stories to the newspapers. Duh. Uh, 1860s, news from uh, Europe was relayed to the United States by ship and took several weeks. Cyrus Field wanted to speed up the process in 1866. After several unsuccessful attempts, Field managed to lay telegraph tape. Uh, cable across the Atlantic Ocean. Like to me, that sounds crazy. It is for crazy. That did you, time period. That reminded me of. Did you know that there's like all these like connecting lines for the internet under yeah. the ocean? Yeah, yeah. It's like that. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, and this is 1866. Right. I also just imagine like once that actually like happened, I imagine like every day America's like, let's see what's going on in England. Let's prank phone call England. Yeah, send them a telegraph. Ask them. Uh, Ask them if they like my balls. <laughs> Tell them we're sinking. No, no, no. It's funny. It's okay. Tell them we're sinking. Don't say it's for me. <laughs> Tell them we're sinking. Yeah. We'll freak out. <laughs> yeah, dude. They will freak out. <laughs> uh, telegraph. Uh, the telephone rings in. Alexander Graham Bell invented a device that revolutionized communications even more. This is like weird. This His whole like little... But isn't it true that he didn't actually invent the telephone... I mean, I'm sure McGraw McGraw didn't get into it, but I'm right. pretty sure that he was. Well, didn't the actual... they say that somebody improved on it? Anyway, yeah, uh, he was educated, born, and educated in Scotland, moved to the United States. Um, 
He studied methods for teaching the hearing impaired people to speak. Uh, in 1876, developed a device that transmitted the speech, that transmitted speech to telephone. Um, this was funny. Uh, while preparing to test the device, he accidentally spilled battery acid on his clothes. Panicked, Bell called out to his assistant in, in another room. Mr. Watson, come here. I want you. Yeah. Oh, no, I guess he was Scottish. I don't know if I know how to do that. Hey, Watson. <laughs> come here. I want you. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone and spilled battery acid on my shirt. <laughs> yeah. I'm burning. I'm burning. I'm burning alive. Get, asshole, get in here, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I think it's working. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still burning. I'm burning, but it's working. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be rich. <laughs> uh, I just wrote here. Uh, do you think that at first people were pouring battery acid on stuff to see if their inventions would work? And they're like, nope. <laughs> like every day. Yeah. I'm not quite. I haven't quite figured out the walkie-talkie, but yeah. I'm like, I, something's missing. <sighs> this is the ninth version of my dick trap, and the dicks get trapped fine. Rob, but <laughs> I heard that this guy up north, Alexander Graham Bell, spilled battery acid on himself. a real piece of work. Him. He spilled battery acid on himself and then invented the telephone. <laughs> you just start spilling battery acid on yourself. Come on, dick traps. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, nothing yet? Anything? Yeah. <laughs> nope, just burns. <laughs> I don't have much skin left. <laughs> Might have to get someone else to do this. <laughs> I'm slowly dying. Pour more acid on it. <laughs> my doctor says this isn't good for my health. <laughs> uh, Bell formed the Bell Telephone Company in 1877. By, by the 1890s, he had sold hundreds of thousands of phones. Yep. Um, yeah, and so the late 1800s saw a burst of inventiveness. Uh, I, between I crossed the top out and called it the era of inventors, <laughs> not the genius of inventions. Right. Um, the great Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> God, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> He's like, Alexander Graham fucking Bell comes Scottish walking prick. in. Yeah, he like comes walking into like Edison's shop. He's like, I, what you working on? And he's just like, I'm developing a thing called a microwave. He's like, ah, looks like shit. <laughs> Better pour some acid on it. Can you call people with it? <laughs> no? <laughs> oh, you lose. <laughs> then it's shit. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> and it's just like, uh, it's not really its purpose. So it's actually very complex and complicated. Uh, appreciate it if you uh, left. I was just like, yeah, well, I don't listen to, sa to silly, sassy pants little boys that wear pants. A real <laughs> man wears a kilt. Yeah. Guess I'll get back to counting my money. <laughs> you puss. <laughs> Good luck with your fucking heat wave. The downside to the kilt is there's no pockets for me money. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrap it to my leg. So I strap it to my sweaty thighs. <laughs> Lips it up. Yeah. It's just his dick. And then money strapped to his thighs. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so the U.S. government granted more than 400,000 patents for new inventions between 1860 and 1890. Yep. Among these were Christopher Scholl's typewriter and William Burroughs' adding machine. <laughs> like, what so was not that? not a calculator? What was that? Was that like a... Like an abacus? It was just pebbles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Tonight on QVC, we're solving the William Burroughs adding machine for a simple 25 payments of 1997. Yeah. You will receive this box of pebbles yeah. <laughs> that will help you count. For $25, you can get the starter package, which has 20 pebbles. <laughs> but if you call If you now, get the $100 deluxe package... You get 700 pebbles. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the math we know how to do so far. <laughs> Nothing's more than 700. Count. But wait, what's this? We're adding an extra pebble, 701 pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> yeah, are you sure we could do this, yeah. William? All right. They like cut over to William. He's got the headphones just nodding his head. Yup. Yep. <laughs> but you have to call now. Yeah. But told them to call right now. There's only like 10,000 telephones in the entire country at this ah, point. Ah, you know what you're calling on me phone, <laughs> you fox? Jokes <laughs> pops up. Yeah. Oh, man. None of this would be happening without me phones. <laughs> Suck it, Edison. <laughs> Um, other inventions. So in 1888, George Eastman invented a small box camera, the Kodak, that made it easier and less costly to take dick pics. <laughs> um, but you didn't invent phone sex, did you, fucky? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like everywhere. Yeah. It's just everywhere. <laughs> John Thurman developed a vacuum cleaner in 1899 that simplified housework. Yeah, had you ordered the vacuum? I'm probably on QVC with my phone. <laughs> um, and then we're going to talk about Thomas Edison. So he was called dull by his teachers. He, he had, was a dull boy. <laughs> he, had, he had poor <laughs> hearing. So he had trouble in school. So he got homeschooled by his mother. Um, he loved anything that was related to science. And his mother allowed him to set up a chemistry lab in the family's basement. All right, son, you've completely failed school. You're a moron. But this, you know what? This is safe. Play with chemicals. Yeah. In our house. <laughs> in this paper room. We're all doomed anyway. <laughs> your father's very sick, and you're terrible at everything, so yeah. I don't see the harm in this. Yeah. Let's just, if we're going to go down the hole, let's just go all the way. You can't play football, and you're not smart, so... Hey, I heard this guy spill battery acid on himself. Maybe you'll spill some chemicals on yourself and invent something. Yeah, or maybe you'll turn into a mutant. <laughs> Win-win for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when he was 12, Edison got a job working for the railroad where he set uh, up a new lab in an empty freight car. One day, Edison saved the life of a child who had fallen on the tracks of an oncoming train. The child's father took interest in Edison and taught him to use the telegraph. <laughs> I would love for the true story of that to actually be that he set that whole thing up. <laughs> like, right, he's just yeah. like, I got no chance. <laughs> hey, kid, you want some candy? <laughs> oh, just get oh, it. It's, yeah, it's I, weighing right on that rail tie. I dropped some candy on the tracks. Don't worry, I'll look to see if there's... Any trains coming? Close your eyes while you do it. 
There's no trains on these tracks. <laughs> Why would there be trains? You'll be fine. <laughs> it's good candy. <laughs> it's a saltwater taffy. He like goes to get the candy and just like bashes him over the head <laughs> with like a beaker. Smashes, he's bleeding. I knew this chemistry set would come in handy. Yeah. Thanks, chemistry. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then what's the dad like? You've saved my son. Would you like to learn a skill? Yeah, so he taught, yeah, that dude taught Edison how to use a telegraph. And then Edison's first invention was a gadget that sent automatic telegraph signals, which he invented so he could sleep on the job. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's something very fishy about this Edison. Right. I don't trust him. Yeah, he's the, he basically invented the automated voice machine every time I call Bank of America to deal with my account. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Bank of America. Thanks, you asshole. You can thank Tem- Thomas Edison for this. Yeah. Because he's a lazy piece of shit. Because he's dead. Press one. <laughs> um, and then Press in- one for Scottish. <laughs> You're goddamn right! <laughs> uh, while still in his 20s, Edison decided... To go into the invention business. This is what I'm saying. Like, you can't do this now. I'm going to be an inventor. Yeah. This doesn't work that way. I feel like after three days, I'd be like, I got nothing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd be so bad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In 1876, he set up a workshop in Menlo Park, New Jersey. Whoop, whoop. Uh, I don't know. He made the phonograph, the motion picture projector, the telephone transmitter, but not the telephone! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the storage battery. And then I thought this was weird. So Edison developed the first workable light bulb in 1879, and then he designed the power plants that could produce electric power and distribute it to the light bulbs. <laughs> so, like, you make a light bulb, and then you're like, I guess the next step is power plants. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck does that make Clearly. any sense? Yeah. It's just like holding the light bulb. It's like, all right. I'm trying to think of what, like... No, this is dumb. I'm trying to think of, like, the equivalent of that. It's like... Uh, it's like you wake up one day and you're like, I, I made a sandwich. And then an hour later, you're like, I'm going to open a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or like, yeah, you make a sandwich and then you're like, I'm going to open up a fucking slaughterhouse. <laughs> and monopolize this shit. Uh, Edison so developed the first workable light bulb. Oh, no, you said that already. Um for Christmas in 1880, Edison used 40 bulbs to light up Menlo Park. Visitors flocked to see the quote. You call that a show, lad? <laughs> 40 For- bulbs? 40 fucking bulbs? <laughs> There's hundreds of thousands of telephones. Yeah. Lighting up the... <laughs> Lighting up the minds and ears and mouths of Americans. <laughs> uh... Yeah, and then his power plan in 1882 illuminated 85 buildings. In 1885, Westinghouse developed uh, to build transformers that could send electric power more cheaply over longer distances. Uh, As a result, factories, trolleys, streetlights, lamps throughout the United States could be powered by electricity. Uh, Westinghouse also created a method for transporting natural gas and invented many safety devices. Yeah, and then... The African-American inventors section, I'm just going to go through this real quick um, because it's just a bunch of names again. So engineer Lewis Howard Latimer developed an improved wire for the light bulb and joined Thomas Edison's company. Granville Woods, an electrical and mechanical engineer from Ohio, patented dozens of inventions. 
Uh, among them were... Among electric- them were not a phone. <laughs> <laughs> among them were an electric incubator and railroad improvements, such as an electromagnetic brake and an automatic circuit breaker. Elijah McCoy invented a mechanism or mechanical device for oiling machinery. Oh, a mechanism. You can't even tell me the fucking name of it, can you? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was You don't thinking. even know what it's called, do you? Um, and then Jan E. Metzeliger, um, another African-American inventor, developed a shoemaking machine <laughs> that performed many steps previously done by hand. And then his device revolutionized the shoe industry, which was used in the United States and overseas. So he was like, he created the sweatshops. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, a changing society. Henry Ford's automobile. Henry Ford had a vision. He wanted to build an inexpensive car that would last a lifetime. That is not what they do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Aren't they known for, like, what the Fords were Lemons. Like, what's that? A lemon is like a dud. Yeah, where they're just, like, meant to break down after a while. Yeah, pretty much. Um, while working as an engineer in Detroit, Michigan in the 1890s, Ford experimented with an automobile engine that was powered by gasoline. In 1903, he established his own automaking company in Detroit and began designing cars. 1906, Ford had an idea for a new type of car. Uh, quote, we're going to get a car now that we can make in a great volume and get prices way down. For the next year, Ford and... Oh, his partner, Charles Sorensen, made the Model T. In 1908, Ford introduced the Model T to the public. Sorensen described it, uh, a car which anyone could afford to buy, which anyone could drive anywhere, and which almost anyone could keep in repair. During the next 18 years, Ford's company sold 15 million Model Ts. Yeah, he also um, pioneered the assembly line. Oh, yeah, right. And we all know what an assembly line is, right? It's like you just do one job, you know? Right. I'm installing the seats. Right. Every every frame that comes over, I put the seat in. Right, exactly. And then it goes to Rob, and then he puts the belts on. Right. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Rob's real lazy. (laughs) Um, And then this is fucking weird. So before 1863, people picked up their mail at post offices and after 1863, mail was delivered directly to people's homes. If we still had to go to the post office to pick up our mail, I'd never go to get never, my mail. Never. I don't even like getting mail now. Right. So. Well, dude, because 99% of the time I get mail, it's not good. Right, yeah. It's like I'm overdue something or it's like a bill or something got fucked up. Mm-hmm. I never get a card that's like I'm excited. I very rarely get a letter that I'm like excited to open. Maybe, yeah. like, around my birthday or something like that. Even then. But even then. <laughs> then you got to call the person and thank them. Dude, I'd when, rather not. It's like you're, like, if you're, like, grandma or someone gives you, like, one of those cards with, like, out money and it's got, like, this long, like, message on it. And it's like a heartfelt card. Do you read them? I mean, my grandparents have never done that. It's always just Does a card anybody with do that? Does anybody do that? Uh, my parents. They'll give you, like, a big card with, like, all, like, emotional shit on it. Yeah. Do you read it? Yeah, usually. Really? Yeah. Dude, I, sometimes even... I mean, it's one fucking card. <laughs> sometimes when, like, somebody, when somebody, like, gives me the card in person and I, like, open it up, I, like, mm-hmm. look at it, but I won't read it. Right, yeah. Just on purpose. 
And afterwards, I'm just like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like I have to because I feel like I'm going to get quizzed on it. Who's going to quiz you? <laughs> They're going to be like, what was your favorite part of the card? Yeah. I could just be like, the part where you said you love me. Quote it. <laughs> Please quote it. Please recite it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. People were getting mail. Now they had all these catalogs, Montgomery Ward and Sears Roebuck. So, people were like ordering stuff uh, through their magazines. With me telephone. With me telephone, of course. <laughs> Um, chain stores. Stores with identical branches in many places grew rapidly. Uh, Woolworth's chain of five and ten cent storms, a.k.a. five and dime. Everything's five cents, ten thought, cents, below, in between. Did you have a five and dime growing up? No. In your town? We Not did. Not that I remember. This made me re- remember it. Like, um, you know that strip mall, like, kind of near where Rafferty lives? It's like, mm-hmm. it's a Chase Bank, and then there's a CVS right there on the boulevard. Like, yeah. that used to be a five and, uh, five and oh, dime. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure it's like a dying business. I don't think they exist anymore. Oh, really? I don't think so. Hmm. The Sears? I, I haven't seen one since I was like six. Is Sears Roebuck like the Sears? Yeah. Like Sears department store or whatever? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. Montgomery uh, Ward, fucking he got screwed over at some point. Right, yeah. Uh, by 1911, <laughs> more than 1,000 Woolworths were open in operation. Uh, the Woolworth Building erected in New York City in 1913 stood 792 feet, so they could count past 700. They probably bought an 800. Uh, well, they were probably like, pack. yeah, it's about 700 and I don't know, 20 gauges, <laughs> <laughs> give or take a gauge. Uh, at the time, this was the tallest building in the world. And I just wrote for this section like this is like the beginning of the end as far right. as like consumerism, people just buying shit that they don't need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is, this seems like this is the beginning of that kind of like, right. just crap. Yeah. Just, uh, there's just buying for, stuff for, out of catalogs. For every like light bulb and telephone and whatever that was invented, there's mm-hmm. also like a hundred like plastic spider rings and like whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck else like yeah. is going to be made to be yeah. bought at a, in a catalog. Yeah. By the gross. Right. Hundred, honey, I ordered 144 kazoos. It'd be funny if there was like a subsection in here. It was like scumbag inventors. Robert Pazzaretti invented the <laughs> slinky, the most useless toy known to man. This is like <laughs> people love them. Yeah, <laughs> he became one of the wealthiest people in America for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't even invent it. Chris <laughs> Metcalf did, and he stole his idea and killed him. <laughs> what a scumbag. <laughs> Uh, the age of big business. Yeah. Um, in Western Pennsylvania, a sticky black substance, petroleum, seeped from the ground. For a while, promoters sold the oil as medicine. Do you think that was weird? Yes. Very so, weird. It came from the ground. It's good for you. <laughs> it looks like chocolate. It's hard to get down. But once once you do, you'll feel great. <laughs> like, I doubt it. Just like eating, like, black tar. I don't know. <laughs> Trust me. If it's in, I guess it's in. It's a doctor approved. <laughs> Tell him, Doc. It's like you. It's after, after, after you murdered all those cows, you then started because you were just a doctor, yeah. self-proclaimed doctor. Yep, it works. Yep. Drink it down. <laughs> but make sure you pay for it first. Yeah. By paying for this, it works. Yeah. Results will vary. <laughs> <laughs> and then people get really sick afterwards, and you'd show up, and you'd be like, you know what's good for this? Rancid beef. 
Um, then uh, in the 1850s, researchers found that they could burn petroleum to produce heat and smoke-free light. It could also be used to lubricate machinery. Dude, how... The people that were eating the petroleum before that must have been getting very mad when they found out that it was now being used to lubricate machines right. <laughs> and fuel things. Yeah. Like, and how did they find that out? Was somebody, like, lighting a cigarette after they just ate some petroleum and then they're, like, ignited in flames? And like, this stuff's flammable. Yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, why did they think it was medicine to begin with? I don't know. <laughs> Smells terrible. <laughs> Better eat it. Drink it. <laughs> I mean, by that logic, they probably, like, tried eating their poop at one point. Right, yeah. It smells weird. It looks chunky. Better bite it. It came from me. <laughs> <laughs> we all return to the earth. <laughs> the poop returns to me. It's the circle of life. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. Nah, Sylvania. Na-da-dee-da-da-da. In 1859, Drake... Edwin L. Drake, he believed he could find petroleum by digging a well. Everyone uh, was like, that's dumb. Right, just like with every invention that anyone tries to do. And then in 1859, Drake drilled a well in Titusville, Pennsylvania, and struck oil. Uh, this led to, he basically became a multi-millionaire. Multi-million dollar petroleum industry. Factors of production. Uh, during the late 1800s, new technology, transportation, business methods, allowed whatever. All these inventions, we're able to fucking, we can get oil now in a much easier way and a way that we never were able to before. Uh, and they broke the, the main factors that um, like made these businesses successful into land, labor, and capital. Because the U.S. had all of those things. Right, so. <laughs> yeah. Tons of land, lots of natural resources, right. tons of people looking to work, and a lot of wealthy <laughs> railroad barons and tycoons and whatnot that could then control all that shit. Right. So, uh, so land referred to the, not the land itself, but the natural resources. The labor was the large numbers of workers that were needed to turn the raw materials into goods. Um and then in that same section, I thought this was interesting, between 1860 and, uh, and 1900, the population of the country more than doubled because of all the foon six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the third factor is capital, which are manufactured goods uh, used to make other goods and services. So, like, machines and tools and automobiles and shit. <laughs> you saying the phone sex thing, like, makes me wonder if, like, before phones and they just had telegraphs like where did they like sit next do you think anyone ever would like sit next to like they had a buddy who was a telegraph operator he'd be like yo send her this message and they would just sit there sending telegraphs back and forth they'd be like jerking off in front of the, <laughs> in front of the telegraph operator could you imagine jerking off and just hearing this <laughs> what'd she say <laughs> hold oh, on i gotta decode it oh that's hot <laughs> i'm losing my boner over here <laughs> wait Read it to me, sexy. <laughs> Decode faster, Tom. Decode faster and start reading sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend you're a lady, Tom. Get into the spirit of this. You can touch me if you want. Yeah. You can watch. <laughs> I won't charge you nothing. It ain't gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the term capital also refers to money for investment. One source of money is sale of stock by corporations. Another corporate... Uh, 
Another is corporate savings, business investing, some of their earnings to better equipment, um, raising capital. Yeah. So, I mean, basically to like sum this part up, cause come on, who cares about this? Essentially, like, let's say, you know, you're a person and you're like, oh, I think there's oil in, let's say, Utah. You then go to a bunch of wealthy people and you offer them stock in your oil business to get like it up and running. And then they eventually get paid that stock and own part of that company and continue to right. take a percentage of what you make. Right. And that's, ca- is, and that's capital. Right. It's basically, yeah. And then even that just leads into this. Yeah, exactly. So then you start having like, you know, the, you know, like what we know today, like stock, um, you know, Wall Street, the stock exchange, all that shit. People can buy right. and trade into businesses and mm-hmm. all that type of shit. Basically, yeah. Shareholders, board members, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I think it even the book even talks a little bit about like, you know, giving like these businesses would like give investors like incentives to stay, like giving them dividends and all that type of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the oil business, uh, the oil industry grew rapidly in the late 1800s. As words of Edwin Drake, uh, oil rush towns named such as Oil City and Petroleum Center sprang up overnight. The oil boom uh, expanded uh, to Ohio and West Virginia. Uh, born in uh, Richford, New York, 1839, John D. Rockefeller was the most famous figure in the oil industry. Um, when he was 26, he and four partners uh, built an oil refinery uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. And then in 1870, Rockefeller organized a standard oil company, and he wanted to dominate the oil industry, which he did. One method he used was horizontal integration, combining competing companies into one corporation. Uh, And then the standard oil trust. Dude, I imagine this guy's brain must have just worked in such a way that he, dude, he had to be like 10 steps beyond everybody. Yeah, for sure. I just imagine, like... I, that's all I kept thinking about when I thought about this section with like these these like monopoly guys where it's just mm-hmm. like they had it fucking figured out. Right. They're just like these all these people below me are just like morons and they're going to do whatever I say. And like, yeah, I'm going to provide them jobs and be a philanthropist and all this shit. But like. I'm killing it right now. Right. Yeah. I'm going to get my nut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rockefeller lowered prices to drive away competitors of business. He pressured customers not to deal with rival companies and persuaded railroads to give him special rates. He formed a trust, a group of companies managed by the same board of directors. Um, he did this by, he was going around buying stocks of other companies mm-hmm. and basically bought his way into being like a high shareholder to the point where he had a say right, yeah. in what these other companies could do. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, just like nothing stopping him from doing it. So why wouldn't he fucking do it? Yeah. And then we get to the steel business. Um, steel also became a huge business in the late 1800s, a strong and long lasting form of iron treated with carbon. Steel was the ideal material for railroad tracks, bridges, and many other products. Blah, blah, blah. Bessemer pro- process. Henry Bessemer um, changed the industry. Uh, mills could produce steel. Uh, at affordable prices and large quantities and in the 1870s large steel mills were built near sources of iron core in western pennsylvania eastern and ohio um, and pittsburgh pennsylvania became the steel capital of the u.s yep and there were some other important areas chicago cleveland detroit birmingham alabama 
And then the leading figure in the a early fellow <laughs> Scotsman, <laughs> <laughs> the leading figure in the early years of the American steel injury, industry, Andrew was Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie, the son of a Scottish immigrant. Um, Look, I don't talk like you, Alexander. Okay, I was born here. I'm <laughs> you, an American. You embarrass the rest of us. <laughs> Put some fucking pants on. Uh, Carnegie worked, put some pants on. <laughs> Carnegie worked his way up to become manager of the Pennsylvania Railroad in 1865. He invented in the growing iron industry. Uh, he basically realized steel was the next big thing, and he uh, built the steel plant near Pittsburgh. Yeah, and then his company became more powerful through vertical integration. So he would acquire companies that provided the equipment and services right. he needed, which I think is illegal now. I don't think you can do that. Oh, really? Yeah. They have to be separate? Yeah. Like, because there was, do you remember, do you watch 30 Rock? There was that episode where they basically, like, explained it in a really simple way where it's like, let's say you make, like, you own Taco Bell, but you can't then own, say, like, a toilet paper company. Or you can't own, like, a tortilla company to get your tortillas from. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's Because then it's just all profits. Right. I know what you're thinking. Profits? <laughs> um. uh, let's see. Uh, he basically, in 1890, Carnegie dominated the steel industry. Uh, by 1900, wait, Carnegie bought iron coal mines, warehouses, or ships. Yeah. Gaining control of the parts of the business making sell. Uh, 1900, Car- Carnegie Steel Company was producing one third of the nation's steel. And then we get into philanthropy, which, I mean, basically... All these really rich guys, like, they made hospitals, schools... Libraries, universities. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, uh, what's his name? Rockefeller uh, established University of Chicago and New York's Rockefeller Institute for Medical Research. So, you know, Carnegie, Carnegie Hall. So, just like, you know, PR shit. Providing stuff for the communities, dispersing some of his their money, mm-hmm. which I couldn't tell. I guess the book was kind of neutral about it. I couldn't tell if they were saying it like because it was like a, like oh they were like fooling the public or it was just like this is what they did. I mean, they didn't really mention that. So <laughs> this is phila- is being a philanthropist like is that like attached to like a negative light? No, no, not at all. It's just smart. Right. Like, if you're really wealthy and you make, like, a shitload of money, it makes sense to donate money because, obviously, any donations you make to, like, a charity isn't a tax write-off. Yeah, So you're, that's true. You're, but do you think you're, that they were getting tax write-offs exposure, at this time for that shit? Like, they may not have even had tax stuff for that yet. I, I, I guess the reason I'm thinking of it more is, like, you know, these guys are I mean, so smart. I don't smart. know, but, I mean, if you could donate $350 million in like fucking 1900 how much money did you have like an insane amount and in 1900 like i don't know exactly what the the difference would be but that's got to be billions of dollars at that point yeah that's true so like why you know it's like really like nothing to them yeah i guess i just was thinking more of like these guys are so smart they're probably like oh well and like everybody we don't want knows to shut us down. Like yeah. we want everyone to think we're like good guys. Like hey, we make jobs, we build libraries, we build schools, we do this. You know, it's just like I think it was all PR. I think it's yeah, it's all it's all public image. Right. But I don't think necessarily people thought that like they were bad people if they hadn't done that. 
I just think that like once you attain that sort of wealth and everybody knows who you are, you kind of just do it because it makes you look good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just don't imagine Carnegie or any of them doing it because like, I don't know. I just picture them in a room being like, all right, I know how we're going to keep this. I know I'm going to get everyone to love me. Right, I'm going to yeah. do this, mm-hmm. you know, like it's almost like a business move and less of like, I want to help everyone. No, it's a business move, but it's not like they really had to protect their, their image. Cause there was nothing illegal about what they were doing though. Right. You know, at the time. Yeah. So, um, where are we? Okay. So yeah, corporations grow larger in 1889, New Jersey encouraged the trend towards business monopolies by allowing, by allowing holding companies to obtain charters. A holding company would buy a stock of, of other companies instead of purchasing the companies outright. And then other states also passed laws that uh, that made corporation mergers, uh, which is like when you basically just combine the two companies together. Um, oh, and then oh, and then because New Jersey did that, uh, Rockefeller formed Standard Oil of New Jersey so the corporation could expand its holdings. Yep. Uh, and then in 1890, Congress passed the Sherman Antitrust Act, which prohibited trusts and monopolies. Um, in its early years, however, the Sherman Antitrust Act did little to curb the power of big business. Right, because yeah, because after that, some company, some Americans were like, you know, there's they're just dominating everything. Just when you thought we were just gonna have a relatively simple chapter about inventiveness and strong businessmen, barons and tycoons, we get into the one percenters, <laughs> the working conditions. Yep. So the industrial growth of the late 1800s created new jobs. However, factory workers were paid, um, I mean, poorly. Uh, They worked for 10 or 12 hours a day, six days a week. They could be fired at any time for any reason because there were no labor laws. And many lost their jobs during business downturns or were replaced by immigrants who were willing to work for lower pay. Yep. Steel workers suffered burns. Coal miners died in cave-ins and from the effects of gas and coal dust. Garment workers told in crowded, dangerous urban factories called sweatshops. And then women and children. So hundreds of thousands of children under 16 years of age also worked in factories. Many states passed child labor laws that said children working in factories had to be at least 12 years old and should not work more than 10 hours a day. Right. Um, however, they, the employers ignored the child labor laws. There wasn't really any enforcement going on. So. Right. Yeah. I just, I don't know. This all just kind of seemed obvious to me. I feel like this was already happening. This had been Mm -hmm. going on already, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, And then average hourly wages. So, like, just to give you guys an idea, like, so average hourly hourly wages. Bricklayers, 50 cents. Plasters, 50 cents. Newspaper compositors, 36 cents. Machine woodworkers, 25 cents. Construction workers, 17 cents. And metal workers, 16 cents. That was in Chicago, 1903. Yeah. And then rent... Four to ten dollars a month. Butter, twenty-two cents per pound. Milk, six cents per quart. Bread, five cents per loaf. Rib roast, thirteen cents per pound. Postage, two cents per ounce. Man, I wish those were the numbers of today. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, with the math, I mean, let's just assume your rent is on the higher end. It's ten dollars a month. If you're a bricklayer, you could, you know, make that in what? So two is a dollar. So 20 hours, yeah, of work. So you'd make that in, like, if you're working 10-hour days, that's two days. You have your rent. Yeah, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. 
pussies. What are these guys bitching about? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if you're a bricklayer, though, you're making the most out of that group. Growth of labor unions. Um, people were getting mad about working conditions, so people tried creating unions to protect themselves and each other. So by the mid-1800s, as working conditions worsened, labor leaders looked to expand their unions. In 1869, garment cutters of Philadelphia trade union, known as the Noble and Holy Order of the Knights of Labor. Uh, they used... So stupid. They used special handshake. They had all these secret meetings and had secret handshakes to identify and recognize one another. Um, under the leadership of Terence V. Powderly, uh, the Knights of Labor became a national labor organization in the 1880s. Uh, they recruited people who were traditionally kept out of trade unions, including women, African Americans, immigrants, and unskilled laborers. Uh, Knights of Labor grew more than 700,000 members in 1886. I just wonder, like, like, what were they doing, though? Were they just like, we don't like this. This is stupid. You know, like, what's... I didn't care about any of this. Like, yeah. you, like union section. Like, yeah, I didn't really take too much away from it. I mean, at least they had cool secret handshakes. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's all they had. Yeah. Because <laughs> most of these unions <clears throat> failed. Uh, National Trade Unions formed the American Federation of Labor. Rep this represented skilled workers in various crafts. It was led by Samuel Gompers. Get him, uh, Gomp. Get him, Gompy. Uh, <laughs> Gompy. <laughs> Don't call me that. <laughs> Who started that? You can call me Samuel or Sam. <laughs> No, we like Gompy. Yeah. <laughs> Gompy. Gompy. <laughs> Gompy. <laughs> God damn it. I'm working for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, practical At least I got him organized. Guys, I invented the Cigar Makers Union. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was the leader of the Cigar Makers Union. Uh, they pressed for higher wages, shorter hours, better working conditions, and the right to collective bargaining. Although violent strikes turned public feelings against workers and unions in the late 1800s, the AFL survived. Uh, by 1904, the AFL claimed more than 1.6 million members. Women in the unions. Um, I don't know. Most unions at this time would not admit women workers, so they formed their own unions. Right. <laughs> um... <clears throat> Mary Hatch Jones spent 50 years fighting for workers' rights. Um, in 1911, a fire broke out at the Triangle Shirtwaist Company factory, <laughs> a sweatshop in New York City, and the employers locked the doors so they wouldn't be able to leave work early. Right. And we're, like, laughing right now. <laughs> right? Go on. <laughs> and they had, like, 150 uh, women got trapped and, and died in that fire. Because there was a fire, yeah. 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 It's just, I guess I just laugh because, like, you just, what, you have, like, a pit boss and he just, like, bolts the doors. Yeah, probably. Just like, and then I just imagine the owner being, like, looking at it, like, burns the guy and he's like, all right, on to the next town, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. We're going to Philly. <laughs> so it's like a pit boss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the Union's Act. Or, or he's got, like, 20 of these fucking... Uh, shirtwaist company factories like well one out of 20 bad 
Right. Yeah. That, that was the early rendition of laying people off. Right, yeah. yeah Burn them. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm not saying to start a fire, but if a fire should happen, <laughs> we would save a lot of money. And get back some insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Unions Act, economic depression in the 1870s and the 1890s forced companies to lower wages and in some cases light workers on fire. No, it just says fire workers. Uh, after financial panic in 1873, the economic depression hit the nation. Uh, workers, uh, yeah, and to deal with this, the companies did pay cuts on all the poor people. Yeah. Uh, By this last page, I just... Completely started nodding out. Yeah. I was just like, just like all right, there we go. Yeah. Uh, basically, 1877, people were striking. They were writing, lighting railroads on fire. You light me on fire, I'm going to light you on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you burned my wife. <laughs> you burned my sister. You burned them down, I'm burning you down. Yeah. Where do you live? Metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you live? <laughs> I am a knight of the Union Brethren Cigar Makers Club. <laughs> and I demand justice. <laughs> I'm going to use your flaming body to light my cigar. I either have to burn you to the ground, or if you have any jobs, I would gladly take one. <laughs> For I am unemployed. I am leaving with either vengeance or a job. Yeah. <laughs> Which one's it going to be? Is yeah. I call them the matches? Yeah. It's like lit. Go ahead and blow it out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anti-labor grew strong after a bloody clash between police and strikers in Chicago Haymarket Square in May 1886. And an identified person threw a bomb that killed a police officer. Uh, Following the Haymarket riot, Americans associated the labor movement with terrorism and disorder, which, I mean, it is. (laughs) (laughs) right i just i don't know unions like from what i know about unions it i don't know it's kind of like it's a gang (laughs) yeah it's a gang that just happens to work together right and then like and then you know early on like wasn't there only a small window of time where unions were actually like really protecting these workers i mean do unions really protect like workers now like, because isn't the flip side to unions today that, like, people could be a fucking asshole or a dickhead on the job and they still won't get fired because they're in the union? Yeah. Like, people just, they, they could get away with a lot. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're like gangs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, like, it's already, like, unions already put, like, a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, all right, so you're scumbags then. Yeah, I guess it protected you from, like, monopoly businesses, but, like, now... You don't need that. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, when union uh, when the union called a strike, uh, homestead managers hired non-union workers and brought in 300 armed guards to protect them. A fierce battle left at least 10 people dead. Um, oh, yeah, this was at Andrew Carnegie's steel plant in 1892. George Pullman's rail car plant near Chicago went on strike on May 1894 when the company cut their wages. One month later, workers in the American Railway supported the strikers by refusing to handle Pullman's cars. Rail traffic was paralyzed. Uh, Pullman spoke to the government. The Attorney General Richard Onley uh, 
basically the government got involved and they said that the people were obstructing the railways and holding up mail. Uh, Eugene V. Debs still refused to end the strike and Debs was sent to jail. I literally did not listen to anything you just said. Fuck you. <laughs> it's like looking at my phone. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, I just, I, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I just, whatever, whatever. Who fucking cares? Well, it's like, um, it's like that one chapter where just like, oh, the, you know, the women took care of the house and the men tended to the field and the kids didn't go to school because they had to work. It's like, I know this. Right. Like the unions fought and it was bloody. And then finally, and then, and yeah, then, there was a riot, then a fight, and then they didn't like it, but then they got along, but then they had this happen. And then this guy did this and they then got they got their jobs like back. Right. Yeah. Ugh, That's it. Cares? That's chapter 19. Was that not it? Again, I wasn't really listening. <laughs> President Grover Cleveland sent federal troops to Chicago, and soon the strike was over. Yeah, and then, yeah, basically the government just sent military to stop it. Stipe setbacks, however, workers continued to organize to campaign for better wages and working conditions. So, close but no cigar unions. Good for you. Good for you. Hate, All right. I hated this last section. Yeah. Everything up I to it I don't like talking okay. about poor people. <laughs> It disgusts me. I just don't care about these little bickering arguments. Right. Yeah. They could have summed all this up in one paragraph. Yep. The unions act, but do nothing. Well, as always, this goes out to my two victims, soon-to-be victims. <laughs> like, you really should stop saying that. Why? I'm telling you, thought crime. What, is that a thing? Yeah. This is like cereal. Did I say that already once? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. What? No, keep going. I'm not going to kill them. Right, okay. Right away. Okay. Just find them first. All right. I'm doing it. I'm figuring it out as I go. I've already looked them up. I've already followed them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now I just need to execute. Not execute, like, kill them. Just, like, execute my plan. All right. I'm not telling you the plan. Because then everyone will You're know You're not telling me the crime. plan, but you just you just told me that you've been stalking them. Stalking... Oh, the girls. Yeah. 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 Amy, Ive, Amy Ivy and Chloe Childers. Yeah. I found you. <laughs> now I just have to get you. It's all coming together. I went through all the strip clubs and truck stops <laughs> with the book, preaching, looking for them. It took a lot less time than you thought. Dude, like a weekend. Like a long <laughs> like weekend. A long weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Vacation all I ever wanted. <laughs> Just Vacation like having to hide away. Just <laughs> you me, got like me in the book and the book's in the passenger seat of the car. Yeah. The girls are just tied up in the background. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Well, they're not tied up in the background yet. I'm, I, they, ha I haven't gotten them yet. Right. They still need to be gotten. Okay. But I did find you. <laughs> the trap has been set. <laughs> <laughs> My plan is in motion. Oh man! <laughs> all right, and for me, as always, goes out to um, all the U.S. Armed Forces, past, present, future, all you Moon soldiers that are being breeded right now yep uh 
Good luck. Thank you. Thank you for protecting our moons. Yeah. All right. What a, what a, who? Yeah, not the Coast Guard, not right. the, yeah, you have National to, that's, Guard. That's more important than the honoring part. Right. You have to let that part be known. Yeah, not the Coast Guard, not the National Guard, not the Port Authority. Bridger Tunnel. Yeah. If, you know, for some reason there should be some type of natural disaster in Manhattan, don't come looking for You're me. You're not holding up the bridge, Bridge and Tunnel Police. Don't, don't even try and bother finding me or helping me. All I you're going to do will is... not take your hand. All you're going to do is prevent me from getting off the bridge. I'm just going to get gonna mad. Be, right. I'm just going to straight up get mad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be on top of this building, and, like, there's going to be water up to my floor, and I'm going to see a helicopter come down, and they'll be like, give me your hand. And I'm going to be like, who are you with? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Coast Guard. I'll wait for the next one. <laughs> Tell the Navy to come. It looks uh, it looks kind of dirty up there. <laughs> looks like you got a full boat. You look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of training did you have? You look like a scumbag. I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I do. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and not Habitat for Your Humanity or uh, what's that other one? I don't know. I don't know. The one with the kids with the smiling thing. Kids that need smiles. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called. Smile smile Clan. What's it called? <laughs> smile Clan. <laughs> <laughs> the Smile Clan. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right, bye. All right, yeah, see you guys.